My name is Mike Shepard. I'm a producer. I want to get to know the artists in my new community. This is A Thousand Meals with a Thousand Artists. My name is Reed Cunningham. I'm a singer. This week, I chat with Reed Cunningham. This is the final in the Quick on the Road series that I was doing because I happened to be in Kingston and I had a chance to connect with both Savannah and Reed who had worked before um, on various theatrical productions. They both have a music background and I felt this would be a great opportunity to reconnect. I am gonna come back to the On the Road series every once in a while, anytime I find myself traveling as I do for work every once in a while. Um, I want to connect with other artists outside of Ottawa, whether it be reconnecting like I've been with Reed and Savannah or making new connections. So I'm really glad that I was able to have this opportunity to expand a thousand meals and talk to artists outside of Ottawa for a bit. But don't worry, I'll be back to more Ottawa artists starting next week. The conversation with Reed was really interesting for me because it was a really good opportunity for both of us to reflect and talk about our time together um, with the Juvenus Festival. So for those who don't know, the Juvenus Festival is Kingston's Youth Arts Festival. It, when I founded it, it was one of the only two youth arts festivals that were multidisciplinary in all of Canada. I don't even know if there's another one running right now. I think this might be it. And that's multidisciplinary festivals. There are examples of other types of youth-led arts festivals, youth-led theater festivals, like there's one in Ottawa, there's one in Toronto. Um, but this was multidisciplinary, a variety of art forms. I had hired Reed in the first year to be the festival producer to help navigate adding in music and other art forms into a company that at the time had solely done theater production. We sat down at Bella Bistro, which is this restaurant in Kingston that actually I'd, I'd never been to, which was nice. It was nice to connect somewhere that I'd never been before. But again, it was Reed's choice, his selection of venue. Um, it's a very nice uh, little restaurant, kind of on the more west end of Kingston as almost as you're leaving Kingston and heading out to some of the rural communities. Um, so it was really nice to meet and chat there. Our conversation does dive into a lot of different topics. Reed has a lot of thoughts on being a musician in Kingston and some of the struggles that come with finding venues and opportunities to perform. We also obviously do discuss Juvenus and Blue Canoe and some of our time there, what that meant to both of us and seeing where it's going moving forward, which is really great. This was another episode that I did pretty light trimming too. For the most part, the conversation flowed well and we discussed 
a few different things. Reed's a very interesting perspective for me because he's been on the cusp of really leaving his art in certain ways. He's not currently in a band. He's not currently performing. I'm not saying that he'll never do that again. I think music will always be part of his life. But it was really interesting to hear his perspective of looking back on some of the things he does and what he wants to do moving forward and why. And I think he was very clear and concise with that. So enjoy our conversation as we shared, I believe we each had sort of a sandwich kind of thing. I'm trying to remember what we ate. I recorded this a little while ago, um, but I believe we were enjoying some very delicious sandwiches together at the Bella Bistro in Kingston, Ontario. How long have I known you, actually? That's even there. That's 10 years, years, 11 years. No, you so were... it's been longer than that. Oh my God, I'm so old. Singing for 15 okay. years. We met when you were still in high school, like yes. your last year, or my grade your, 12 your year grade 12 year of high school, and you were at least singing beyond yes. then, because yeah. I saw you in a production of, uh, what was that musical? Once Upon the, a Time, uh, no. The uh, Princess and the Pea one, right? No, but it, uh, was it Once called? Upon a Mattress. Once Upon a Mattress, yeah. yes. You played the I was Prince. about to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you were no, not in that. No, you were not. <laughs> Who would you have played no. in that? <laughs> Marlon Manson? No, that's not his name. Not Marlon Manson. That's the art. That's, that's the, the artist. <laughs> this is off the rails. I can't use any of this. No. Um, okay, so you've been singing for over 10 years. 12 years. 12 years. Okay. And you have been in multiple bands sure. that have performed live in Kingston at yeah. various locations. Yeah. Like what types of places did you sing at? Blue Martini, The Mansion. Which are like uh, toucan bars, pubs, bars, pubs, but also performances. I mean, that's the only place in Kingston that actually has a live music scene. Unfortunately, there's there are other than uh, you know downtown Kingston hosts events like you know the Blues Festival okay. and where yeah. that's and you know music in the park. Um, there are various events that happen uh, in the streets of downtown Kingston, but in terms of access accessibility for anyone that's under nineteen, yeah. it's it's kind of limited. So. Bars, pubs are kind of what's there. That's yeah. what's available for you. If you have a young band yeah. and you're starting out, that's where you start. Yes. And even when I was in high school, we would, there was a lot of sketchiness to like when we would open for bands in bars. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't, technically we were doing, like it was illegal for us to be in the bar when we were under, all of us were underage. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it was, it was kind of a sketchy situation. But uh, as, we, as I got older, obviously that became a lot easier. But, you know, we couldn't play to... Uh, a large demographic because you know things would start at 10 o'clock at night and you'd have to be 19 plus and even if you were 19 plus and you didn't feel safe in that environment of being in a bar around alcohol or drugs you know it kind of limits a certain demographic in Kingston and anybody and, and I, I don't feel like that's just in Kingston I feel like that's all around across Canada probably. well one of the things that I'm noticing or finding when bands start out, yeah, there is some kind of in a lot of communities there is some kind of like progression forward where they can start in pubs and stuff, but then they can move up to performance venues. I think Kingston doesn't really have venues that are available for up and coming musicians to, like performing. no, I mean the Grand Theater does a thing where they have um, a residency, right? That's, but that's new though. That's new, but that's for recording purposes only. That's not for performance purposes. There's no live performance. There's no live performance. It's interesting that you say that because the Grand Theater, the Isabel Bader Center, other places I can drop like Leon Center, they certainly bring in those popular musical acts like touring and things from out of town. You don't often see local acts perform in those big venues. No. 
and I'm sure they would cite, well, we got to sell it. Yeah. And certain names will sell. But I would argue that if you've seen bands progress through Blue Martini and other bars like that, and you've seen them again and again, you will you would have some interest in seeing them in a bigger venue. And there are Absolutely. venues in between, in my opinion, in between a pub and a and a bar and the Isabel Bader Center. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying jump right to that, but there aren't really in betweens that seem to embrace a lot of music. Sure. I mean, the one thing about you could say about the Isabel Bader Center too is that also kind of gives a bit of, um, kind of sent, uh, sections off a certain demographic because a ticket to the Isabel Bader is pretty expensive. Yeah. And the people, even to the people trying to run events like that, as you know, cost thousands of dollars to be running an event at the Isabel Bader. And you're lucky if you're going to break even for that event, right? So if you were a local person and wanted to put on a battle of the bands with young bands, renting the Isabel would not be available to you. Because of the price. I mean, ideally, if it, yeah, if it, if, it, if it were accessible, that would be the, the best place to do it. Because that's probably, as it's been said many times, that's probably top ten theaters in North America. Um, but gorgeous facility. Gorgeous. But in terms of accessibility for socioeconomics, probably not. You know? I think putting on, you know, the more events that can happen, and it's hard because we live in Canada, so this can't happen outside all year round, but... But the more stuff that we can put outside uh, that's accessible to the entire public is probably for the better, right? Outside venues? I yeah, think. outside venues, like, you know, like when they when events happen. Thank you very much. Uh, at, you know, music in the square, music in the park, you know, whatever. Uh, but are you saying that in terms of, you know, reaching someone's, like, a band's success? Like, how can, how can that happen? Everyone measures success differently. Right. So, I guess... I'm coming from my lens of success, which is if I was in a band, I'd want to start and maybe even for a, you know, a year or two performing at every pub in town. But once I've done that circuit, I would want to know what's next. Feels these days it's online. Everything's right. online, right? right? Like getting your music out there is the only way. I mean, you can play every circuit in town in Kingston and then you only will reach a certain point. You know, you get to the, the bar circuits. Then you get to the festivals, you know, which is the McKinnon Brothers, the uh, Blues Festival. Which is, um, I guess, the next progression. I guess, absolutely. to be fair, that is a progression that artists have absolutely. an for in case there are festivals that will bring in new young artists. Mm-hmm. 100%. And they'll do that based off of their success and based off of what people are saying about them doing the bar circuit. If you want to get beyond things, I mean, obviously there's the idea of, you know, Meeting up with certain bands in other areas, right? Like going to Ottawa, going to Toronto, going to, even if you can, access, you know, going on a tour out west or going out east or something. Because you have to expand your audience. You can't just stay in Kingston or else, you know, you're going to be playing to the same people over and over again. And if I remember correctly, most of your bands, the reasons why you guys aren't still doing stuff more had to do with people moving on to different things. Yeah, everyone moves on to their different Yeah, projects, not right? necessarily. Uh, you saw that trigger. You saw the opportunities, but people have to be willing to do it in order to do that. I also played in bands where it was about seven people or ten people, right? So You, you had big bands. Mm-hmm. Your bands were very big, and you touched upon a lot of different genres of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, music is not my forte. Anyone who knows me knows that. But you had massive bands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For a single artist. Because it's all about finding the people that have 
the same goals as you, right? They're in the same place as you, and maybe not even want to get to a certain level, but creatively, you guys are everyone's on the same page, you know, because you could be having somebody that's inspired by doing certain R&B and soul covers and, and wanting to write music in that more of that capacity. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had band members that wanted to do more psychedelic rock and like, you know, it's more experimental jazz and stuff like that, where it's like, so, and that, and that stuff's going to change all the time. Like, you know, of course, like creatively to stay in the same place, it's, it, that's very difficult. And I don't even really encourage it. Like, I think it's as an artist, like you kind of have to explore it throughout time because it, you know, keeps life exciting a little bit. Right? Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think we should talk about Juvenus because, you know, I founded that festival yes. in Kingston. Yep. It was a project of Blue Canoe, which is my theater company I ran for 11, 12 years. You and I worked on Juvenus for the first three years mm -hmm. of its existence, the first three festivals. I hired you after randomly running into you, <laughs> not knowing you were back in town. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, we, I was walking home from the Tet Center, which for people who don't know is an art center in Kingston, and we 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 ran into each other. And you were like, that's right. yeah, I'm back in town and yeah, looking for work. And, that's right. Yeah. And then and then you brought me into the theater Kingston office. Yeah. And, and with, during our conversation, you were talking about running the festival, but Blue Canoe was never mentioned, so I just automatically thought that I was about to work for Theater Kingston, and I didn't realize when I started working that it was Blue Canoe that was working at Theater Kingston. I office. didn't know that. <laughs> I was still I was still down. Yeah, at the time because I never I never made money as work for Blue Canoe. Mm -hmm. I was working for Theater Kingston at the time. Right. But I'd love to hear some thoughts on on Juvenus and our sure. time there and even looking back on the first year and the second year and third year and what your role was, I think that'd be kind of interesting to talk about. Because well, so, you say you're a singer, which is true. Like, that's your that's your art. Yep. But you were you were the festival producer for three years, right. which means managing running events, including our battle of the bands, right. which I want to talk about. Because sure. I feel like that battle of bands was our attempt to give more opportunities to young bands. Absolutely. Well, and it took Blue Canoe away from just being a theater company. I mean, Juvenus yes. in general, right? Yeah. You know? Blue Canoe was a youth, youth theater company, which was always known for youth theater, and it always stuck to youth theater, whereas Juvenus kind of allowed us and other people to build connections and draw opportunity for more arts disciplines, whether that's poetry, whether that's dance, whether that's music, whether that's... And again, what that also did is that we tried to create also other meetings and events and get-togethers where all those people from these different disciplines would come together, and they would collaborate. And they would come up with different ideas, which is really important because, you, as I was saying, like you can't really just stick with one thing in your artistic endeavors. You kind of have to branch out a little bit. You have to explore different things in order to find inspiration for maybe the one thing that you really want to hone in on. It's a really good point that you're bringing up. And it's so interesting how you say that. Only now when you say that am I thinking, yeah, that's exactly what Juvenus was. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Not sad. It's just a shame. That it took Blue Canoe and me eight years, because that yeah. was eight years in the Blue Canoe's existence sure. when we finally did this, to realize. Now I think Blue Canoe, we had done a storytelling coffee house for a couple of years. Right. That was that was got into poetry and other sort of art forms as a part of that. And Blue Canoe almost almost exclusively produced musicals, which always brings in music and dance as a part of it. So I think I think it was a, a more natural shift 
than it may have seemed to go to all disciplines. Right. But it is an interesting point of is I think certainly I can look at it and say I'm a better producer now right. because I did that and saw the perspective sure. of other artists. Sure, and I think and for myself, like you know, you he hired me with no administration experience whatsoever. You know, yeah, but that wasn't important. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, you know, sure, and especially for um, you know a, a startup, which I guess you guess you could say that we were. Yeah, of, of yeah, running festivals is. That I kind of got a crash course in the whole the whole idea of being an administrator, and that whole it kind of built a muscle in itself, and and how important all that is is to, to create opportunity for artists, you know, and and how much of a of an, of an art in, in itself administration is, right? I, yeah, I, I think I think administration has an art to it. Everything does. Everything in your life has an art. Sure, but I, when I hired you, I hired you because good with people you had a, a background in an art discipline that i didn't which right. is important and i think when you're filling a team you make a big mistake if you don't fill your team with people who think differently than you and have different experiences than you. i think that's a mistake if you, if you do that 100 so so by doing that i'm avoiding the mistake of everyone thinks like me or everyone has the same experiences as me so hiring you was He's going to think differently, regardless of your administrative experience. You can learn how to write emails and yeah, do sure. budgets and sure. contact people and organize stuff. You can learn that. It's a skill. Absolutely. But I, I don't think it's as easy to, to learn the personal touches that you have with people. No. No. I remember, so I used to volunteer with the hospital. I used to sit on interview panels for people that were going to high up administrative positions in the hospital, whether that was through the mental health department or other, various other departments. And I remember the guy that used to lead the panel would always say, I can work on the skills that is, you know, doing, doing the books, running all the administration, doing all these files that we, we, we do. All that stuff is easy to me. I can't teach somebody that is personable and cares. I can't teach that skill. That has to come from within. Right? So I think you're right. Everyone, everyone does have the capability to organize themselves and to organize something and to put something together. Whether, and everyone has a different process to how, how you organize that. But in terms of actually giving a shit, you know, about, about other people and other yeah. artists, you know, yeah. that's, that's, it's either you got it or you don't. Yeah, and, and making you the festival producer. And you doing administrative stuff was a byproduct of the festival manager I'd hired was leaving, and I knew this when I hired her, was leaving for Europe for a vacation that, right. that summer. Right. So the first festival year, I knew I'd have her to a certain point. And then right. she would be gone for several months. And then, you know, I, again, with her, I thought, well, I'm playing the long game here for the next couple of years. It's worth hiring her because whatever. So Reed can come in and fill in to get the fest the year one off the ground. Absolutely. So the administrative stuff to me also was, well, he's not going to always do that anyway. No. There, there's support for you. Yeah, right. And I had, I had hired you thinking, I want to do a battle of events. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. For arts to compete, I don't think arts is a competitive thing. I, I don't think having competitive attitudes is helpful. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's fun, in a fun way, to have a competition and have people vote on it. Right. But, you know, the bands get to be in it. They get to be there. They get to perform sure. for a big crowd. You know, a relatively big venue. We tried to get bigger venues we can get. Sure. And it's it's a fun, exciting atmosphere. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then one thing I remember 
I remember organizing the thing and like, you know, you always say battle the bands. Obviously we had a prize. There's a competition. There's, you know, judges. Like judges. you're getting critiques. Celebrity you know? judges. Yes. Yeah, celebrity judges we had. Um, but you know, you are in a, in a sense that it is a competition. So a lot of people can see that as, well, that could really divide people. It could, but it could, but it actually, you know, I actually think competition brings people together. I think in it, a I, sense I, I agree because I remember when the event was done and the, the judges were deciding, we were looking down on the balcony on all the bands and all the bands that were there were on the stage talking to, you know, connecting, being like, you know, complimenting each other and be like, Oh, you guys did this, you know, blah, blah, blah. In a sense, it's proof of that competition actually brings people together in community, you know, even though, even though that there is a sense of, Hey, we want to win. Yeah. We also want to, you know, support each other. Yeah. Right. You know, well, I and, think, I think you make a good point. Like, like anything else in the world, there's a healthy competition, mm -hmm. and there's an unhealthy competition. Absolutely. And we focus on the unhealthy a lot. For sure. You're describing an example of healthy competition. Mm -hmm. Not competing between, which, oh, this happened a lot with Blue Canoes. Other theater companies are like, oh, don't go see a Blue Canoe show. you got to come see ours. That's competition. Yeah, right. That's not, and I was never like, I never, ever, never made I, any sense. Honestly, I never cared <laughs> what no. anyone else was doing. But Battle of Bands was, was exactly that. Battle and it's it's a fun thing. It's a yeah, term sure. that is to have fun and to, to have an endearing time. It's not meant to divide. Yeah, well, because if you silo yourself, you're you're only going to go to a certain point. Whereas if you build an alliance, you build community, you're only going to raise the profile not only yourself but other people. And why not make it a win-win? Because uh, if you don't, it's just lose. Someone's going to win, and you're probably going to lose. You're going to silo yourself and and be competitive and be nasty and be jealous. And I think that's a trap for artists. Competitiveness, nastiness, jealousy. It's okay if other people have good things. It's, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the industry. And I always believed this when I was running a theater company, that there were six other theater companies. I thought that was good. The more people who go see theater, the better. Right. The more people who engage in theater, because theater being being acting or singing or dancing, it's a muscle like anything else. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Right. So I always thought, well, this is good. Everyone I want to work with will go work on these things. They'll become better. And then they'll come back work with me and be even better. And then they'll leave and be even better for the next project. Absolutely. Like it, it's always, it's good. The more we have, the better. Absolutely. Well, I even think, you know, I remember going away to that summer internship in Toronto. Just doing that gave me a nice refreshing lens coming back into working with you into, hey, how can we do things a little bit differently? How can we build, you know, different uh, philosophies that I had to, yeah. like, how do we keep coming and approach our work? You worked on basically a trilogy of Juvenus Festival. And like any good trilogy. What a saga. <laughs> and what any, like any good trilogy, the second one is always the best. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And the second festival year was, I would say, pretty much incredible. I oh, will yeah. always remember year two. Now, year one, you want to have a lot of fond memories, and hey, yeah, it's the first year you're learning things. But year two, <laughs> year one, it was a gong show, but it was always, it's definitely the most memorable in a way, because it's like, you know, in a way, like once the week started, we had so much fun. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot yes. of stress leading up to it, because it was sort of like, this is really unknown. A lot of stuff was going on. And again, I was learning. Um, everyone else, was, this is the whole thing was so fresh. So there was a lot of anxiety built around how, how this was going to go. And the minute it started, it was one of the most memorable weeks of my life because it was yeah. just, just going around and seeing how it just, sometimes like 
you know, when you're when you're the administrator or when you're a president or producer or whatever, you know, it can feel like you have all the weight on your shoulders yeah. when something is running. But when you're building something where community is coming together, you always have to trust in the fact that everyone's gonna know what they're doing. Put people things in the right place for a reason, because they can handle their shit. And you, and you had a lot on your plate, though. Like, to, to also sure, be fair, sure. it's hard for you to enjoy it because not only did you work so hard to the week of, during the week, you would, like, have to be at the, the, the art gallery that was open mm -hmm. to the public basically from 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. There were workshops after school for, for youth up until showtimes. And yep. then there were shows in the evening, yep. 7, 8, 9 o'clock. There were theater shows, dance shows, music shows. So you not only were prepping things, you were present and had to be present most of the events, yeah. if not all, like a good chunk of them, especially Absolutely. in that first year. Yeah. But even every year subsequent, you were involved and had to be at events. So that's it's tiring, it's time-consuming, it's a lot. Absolutely, but it's energy and it's fun, you know, once, once you're there. I think, you know, we spread out the work a little bit more. We were really good with that, and we were knowing, we kind of learned from year one, we are saying, hey, where's everyone's strengths and weaknesses? How can we hone in on that? And sure, not to say that they weren't frustrating times of course but, but it was still good yeah. but it was it was it was you know i think everything was put into place and probably the, yeah running the best festival that we've ever done it's also kind of incredible that here we are in 2023 a festival we started in 2016 no nope. 17 was the first year i think we were planning it 2016 was the first year okay 16 was the first year is still around in 2023 without yep, us, absolutely. which I think is a credit to the people who who ran ran it from there. Like that's that's hard to do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> leaving leaving Blue Canoe for me was really tough because I felt that if I didn't disconnect 100, percent that right. I would do too much free work for them, which I was doing free work anyway. But I was trying to move on, and I would be continuing to coddle a board that was being coddled by me for you. So. I had to disconnect to say to the board, you hire who you want, you do what you want, you know what the budget is, you know what the resources are, you just do it. So that created a bit of a tension in the atmosphere because people felt like I bailed on Blue Canoe. But that's not that's not mm -hmm. the case. Blue Canoe was something that was precious to me for a long time. I put a lot of time and effort in and it was time for it to grow up. So yep. yes, I had to shove it out the door a little bit, but... Sure. No, I, uh, I totally know what you mean. And I think that's... I think the biggest point out of all of that is to see that it is still running, and no matter what it is, it still leaves a legacy. Oh, that, for and, sure. And that, um, for sure. You know, the amount of time that it is, the tenure that it is, is probably the most important thing. Right? And just take more credit for what you contributed to that, because that's three years that you were the festival producer. You really laid the foundations. Yeah, okay. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take, take the compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. What, what's, what's, I, I know the future is hard to know. Always. For sure. What is, is, are the arts always going to be a part of what you do? Do you feel like you want to move on and do other things? Like, what, where, where are you with your art? No, I feel like I'm, I want to move on and do other things. I mean, I think for me, the reason why I don't do it as much anymore, I think artistically, especially singing, especially singing in bands, it was a bit of more of a, uh, I don't want to say narcissistic. I, like, I feel like that's a term that gets thrown around a lot. Um, but just more of a, I don't want to say narcissistic because like, like it was again, personal like, for you. It was yeah, I think it came it from a more you. place of yeah. It was for me. It was um, self-indulged, I guess yeah. you could say. Okay. Um, and that I felt like I needed to get to a certain place that I needed to prove something to somebody to, to prove to people that 
I am worth something. I am worth this, but I don't really, I don't know. And the pandemic has really changed that for me, where it's like I've kind of come back and said, and there's a lot more important things that are going on in the world right now that, yeah. are, that I need to explore and that I feel like I want to help out with. Um, so I'd like to kind of work in, I don't want to say social work because I wouldn't, none of the work I've been doing is like social work, sure. but in, in a way I'd like to move towards something like that. Where at least I work in a capacity where I'm helping and that I'm assisting others. Yeah. So, and artistically, you know, yeah, I'd like to step into something like that. I think it, it, doing administration stuff could be a benefit of that, even though, you know, you're, you know, that has its challenges, uh, trying to put that together. But yeah, I think in a way, artistically, I'd like to be doing something more of that. And I think it's hard. I think. Honestly, like in a city like Kingston, you know, as much as there is community, there are people that do care. I don't want to put a blanket statement, but I do think there's a whole lot of people that are in it for themselves, right? Which is a hard world for me to really dive back into. You know what I mean? I think I think that's fair, and I think it's understandable that you feel this need to do something a little different. Yeah, feel like you're contributing in a different way, and like you just said, I think your point about art could be a part of that is very true. Like art could be a therapeutic supportive thing for others. Totally. So that might be something that you can bring to the table one day. Right, right. A Thousand Meals with a Thousand Artists is a project of Soul One Arts Inc. Produced and edited by me, Mike Shepard. Original music by Savannah Shea. Thank you to this week's artists and to the local restaurants who host this. For more on A Thousand Meals with a Thousand Artists and Soul One, please visit soulonearts.ca. If you're an artist, feel free to reach out to us on our website and connect for your own view. Thank you for listening.